Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, March 24, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Put your seatbelt on. We have a lot of stuff on the docket today. The first thing we'll do is discuss what's jumping off the page on the daily chart. Following that, we're going to discuss the big picture. What should we expect going forward? What's actually happening in the market? We'll discuss some numbers. We're going to look at a variety of charts. Then we're going to look around the horn. We're going to pick apart the whole thing, and you're going to have a pretty darn good idea what's going on going forward when this is all said and done. At present, the market, or the SPY, is headed for the 50-period moving average. Now remember, it came up short and they bounced away a few days ago. Whether or not the 50-period moving average is bona fide support at this point is irrelevant. Inside the numbers members will have intraday support numbers. Last night we talked about a 385 area. We'll have a beat on that if needed on Thursday morning or whenever the market does approach that number. We've also got another number on the screen, and I want to reiterate this because it is uber important. 383.65. It's a give or take, but that's the general zone that's going to be important as we get to the end of the week, around the weekly close. We've been down there before in a weekly close. The market rallied back up. What the market did was make a nominal new high, and now we're in the midst of a failure. What this is called is a rollover. It's not the kind of rollover that you have when you have a 401k and you roll it over into an IRA. The market is rolling over. Now, again, we have to be the umpire calling balls and strikes. So how do we know it's not one of these? The market goes up, it pulls back. The market goes up, it pulls back. The market goes up and it pulls back. Why isn't that happening today? And it may be happening as long as the trend remains in the upward or northern direction. However, at present, as we get below the 20-period moving average on the daily chart and we approach the 50, and whether or not they get below the 50 remains a mystery. We'll see what happens in the coming days. But as the world turns, as the market changes trend from one time frame to another, as we know, everything starts small and morphs from there, we know that the weekly chart, the trend is very much so in an upward direction. We're nowhere near the 20 period moving average at present. We don't have to worry about the weekly chart right now until the week closes. And if in fact the week closes below that 383 and a half, 383 383 something in that neighborhood, if the week closes again below that number, that's going to be another flare up in the air. You know, one of those SOS signals, save our ship. To be fair to the market, again, representing the umpire, still they've made higher lows. Higher lows is important until they don't make higher lows. Here's a low, here's a higher low, here's a higher low yet. Until and unless they make a lower low and nothing happens all at once, this is the process. I'm giving you the stuff you need to be pre-prepared with. Until and unless they make a lower low, then the trend will remain in the northern direction. Now, the daily chart trend may turn down, but remember, the weekly chart trend is still up until and unless they close below the 20-week moving average 
and then the weekly chart trend will begin to turn down. Again, everything happens one step at a time. What are those two lines up there in Fuchsia, 392 and 39080? We'll get to those when we get to inside the numbers. They were important. We have a pivot. We also have resistance. 392 is important. We start talking about it before the market even opens. We're on it yesterday. We're on it again today. The market couldn't get above 392. Look what the high of the day was. 392.75, and then they failed. So they did get above it, but they couldn't sustain price above it. And by the way, finishing at the lows of the day after a failure to get above 392 or whatever number is important depending on where you are on the chart, finishing at the lows of the day is never a positive, never a good thing for the tape. Not good for bulls, good for bears. Let me point something else out. Speaking of finishing the day, when the market was in a perpetual uptrend, think about the candles for a second. Think about the green candles. Think about where they were either in the beginning of the day, middle of the day, but then think about where they finished the day. Not every day, but a lot of the days they finished not necessarily at the highs, but they finished on a positive note, whether it's close to the highs, on an upswing, at the highs. Either way, you can see a lot of the green candles have that characteristic. Now, think about what happened when the market began to turn. All of a sudden, we have candles, a lot of them, that finish more so than before, that finish near the lows of the day. That's a change in complexity. It's a change in character in the market. Again, it's not something we're gonna hang our hat on, these are awarenesses. These are things to notice. Has the market changed? Is it just a pullback? Or has the market really changed character? I'll leave that up to you to decide. I have my own opinion. I think you know what my opinion is. Here's inside the numbers. What we're going to do today is we're going to couple the commentary together with digging a little bit deeper into some of the other charts that we haven't looked at yet, some of the intraday charts. We're going to point out certain things, and you're going to notice things, A, that come right out of the course, lazy e-mini trader, also things that I discuss here each and every day. Think about it as a three-pillar approach. The foundation of the market is taught through the lazy e-mini trader course. These videos every night are continuing education, and then your PhD is inside the numbers. Pre-market commentary, it's hump day. Wake up a little green on the screen as they work their way back to run a test of a familiar spot. What's that spot? You know the answer, around 392, moving right along. The early thoughts. In last night's video, we discussed them climbing back up the big breakdown candle. Remember that candle? We discussed it on a couple of different charts. We're going to look at it again. Early this morning, they were beginning that process. The top of the candle, ironically, was at 392, and we should not be surprised to see them running a test up there this morning. Opening the day above 390.80 from yesterday puts 392 squarely on the table as a target. Opening the session below 390.80 means they would have to first work through or recapture that spot if, in fact, they're going to go to 392. The rest of it you can read on your own. As far as I'm concerned, what I'd like you to do is pause the video and take the time to read the notes. Go back to the charts, think about what's discussed in the notes, think about where the market was at the time it was discussed, and then take a look at what happened next. That's the only way you can double check the work and verify that this is absolutely quality information.
9.15. The gap left open from yesterday is around 389.50. If I do a quick dive, that's one place they would be headed. The other side hasn't changed. Opening above 390.80 is important and provides a clue that 392 is on the docket. As they get closer to the open, no wonder they're hovering around 390.80. Just so you get a sense for what's going on here, this is a five-minute chart, and this includes the pre-market data. So here you can see 850, 9 o'clock. The price is hovering above 390.80, slightly below, back above. That was the early pivot. Now, here's the same five-minute chart. You know, the drill right of the vertical is today's activity. This is the chart without the pre-market data, and you see what happened. So they opened above the pivot, and what does that mean? It means 392 is on the table. What's the high at 950? Exactly 392 on the button. What do they do after that? They retreat back to the pivot. They want to run a test of the pivot. The market will run tests of important numbers. 392, 3980, any other number, they're going to continuously run a test over and over and over again. Otherwise, the number was wrong. You see here with 392, it wasn't just once during the day. They went back up there to run some more tests. What do they do? They came back to run some more tests around the 39080. And then once they gave it up, that was it. Do you remember the other number that was on the screen? If they were to kill them at the open and go south instead of north, what was the number? About 389.50 down here. They come into it, spike it by a few pennies, have a nice bounce away. The high here is 390.19. About a seven-handle S&P bounce off the number. Now, what you'll see later in the notes is that that wasn't the same trade had it happened earlier in the day. They came close, they bounced away, they hovered over it. I'm going to discuss all that in the notes. Also, especially at the end of the day, it changes things. The risk profile of a trade changes towards the end of a day. I'm going to discuss more of that when we get to it in the notes. So you got everything in the pre-market. We know the numbers. We're moving along. And you know what happened in the early part of the session. You know what happened throughout the day. So what I'm going to do here is scroll up. Let you pause the video. Read the notes. I urge you to double-check the work. You'll see that the numbers are repeated over and over again. What's going to happen if they're above? What's going to happen if they're below is repeated over and over again. Early in the day, transports and IWM were strong. Guess what? They rolled over. Guess what? They're my favorite market-leading indicators. We're moving right along. Remember when they went up to 392.75, I think it was. Well, 393 was a short trade. They never got there. It was a tight leash type of short trade. The stop was very close by. If you have to lose, you want to lose small and fast. That is the objective. We're moving right along. Here's a word about Viacom. It was a trade from Stocks on the Move. We're going to get to that later. We will look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. And as the market gets into rodeo mode, again, we're providing numbers, we're providing guidance, we're providing the tour guide service. We're moving along. Again, pause the video, double check the work. And here you go. If they now fail at 390.80, that was our pivot. By closing candles below and hourly below, the door opens for 389.50, give or take. 109, the transports remain strong all day, but the IWM did not. It's melting, and they're ahead of the power curve and about to fill the gap left open from yesterday. Same corresponding gap we discussed in the SPY. 
The IWM is my favorite market leading indicator, just saying. 389.50 is the target. And here, and go look at the chart and see what happened, a rally back to run a test of 390.80 is normal. Closing candles back above takes 389.50 off the table until back below. Continuing to move along, here you can go back to the chart at 145, that's what it looks like when they run a test of an important spot. And this is what the market does where it plays mind games with you, with me, with everybody else. So what happens is, in running a test of a number, they make it look like they're doing one thing. They make it look like they're going to keep going. That's the objective. Remember, the market's job, and this is really the job of the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew, the market's job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. So they're running to go make a test of a specific number, and then they retreat and go back in the other direction. While they're making the test, you think the market's going to keep going, and that's the momentum people hopping on board at the very end. They get sucked in right at the top, right at resistance, for example. We're moving right along. Now, check this out at 147. They've got some rodeo action going on. They're working the heck out of the pivot. Whichever way they decide, now think about this for a minute. Whichever way they decide, this is before 2 p.m. in the afternoon, they're going to get there in earnest when it begins. Translation, at some point, they're going to get moving, and it will likely be fast. Now, fast is in the eye of the beholder, but when they did get moving and they gave up the pivot, what happened? They got moving and they went in earnest. We're moving right along. We'll keep going here. Now, some questions came in, so I posted this at 233. If they get to 389.50, will they bounce? And under normal garden variety market conditions, yeah, that was a spot that you would expect that. I would have certainly expected it this morning. However, not all numbers, not all trades, not all time frames of the day are created equal. So they should, but the closer to the end of the day, the more we get into anything goes part of the day. After 3 o'clock, 3.15, the trades carry more risk. Time running out makes you think or do things differently. You feel a different kind of pressure if you're not interested in holding a position overnight, for example. Let's keep going here. So at 2.42, they had an opportunity to get to 3.89.50 before. They missed it. They rallied away. They're taking too long, which leads me to believe there's another price target below, a.k.a. they're eating too much time off the clock above the number. Just a gut feeling late in the day. Beware of the kill em into the close. We don't know, but it's certainly an awareness for any trader considering buying 389.50. My take from inside my head. Beware of the kill em into the close. You need a tour guide if you don't have a handle on the tape. Now, we've got to discuss stocks on the move. Again, always the good, the bad, and the ugly. G-I-S-M-O, we'll talk about those two. D-I-S-C-A, Discovery, G-N-O-G, and Viacom. We're gonna look at all the charts. General Mills, it opened below the number. That's happened a lot lately that's part and parcel to things just are a little off across the market. And that's because of what's going on. The market is changing character. Doesn't change how we approach stocks on the move. Everything will filter out. This one opened below the number, 
Obviously, you can see the number was important, but below the number, it's off the table, no trade. Same routine with Altria. This one was a little bit of a heartbreaker. The opening print was 49.19. They dove down right before the open. They opened them, and then they ripped it back up in the rocket ride. Well, left at the altar. I wasn't in the trade. I don't take the trade when they open below. That's just part of my rules. The number worked. Just how they did it wasn't how I like to trade it. Focus on whether or not the numbers work. Discovery. So this one, you can see here the low in this candle, 66.91 on the button. They pierced it, spiked it by just a little bit, and then they ran up and they provided the required minimum base hit, making a high of $67.75. Melted away to the second number. Now, this is something that I want to mention because technically they did two things around the second number. A, they closed an hour below the stop, but they first came into the second number at 11.20, right? So here's the hourly stop, and the closing price was 82.62.86, pardon me. But you didn't really have enough time for it to work out. I'm not sure I ever addressed that type of scenario. You can see what happened. The second number also worked. They went back and forth around the second number before giving up everything into the end of the day, getting dragged down along with the rest of the market. But here's what I'll say. If a trade is coming into a number, for example, in this case, it was the second number, and it's close to an hourly close, I would err on the side of caution, wait for the hourly close, see what happens. Maybe you miss the trade, maybe you don't, maybe you save yourself a headache, but that's just erring on the side of caution. I never talked about that before. Frankly, I can't remember a time when I got into a trade right next to the hourly close and then the hour closed below the hourly stop. So it can happen. Everything can happen. It did happen. So I'm addressing it. G-N-O-G. I'm going to have to call this one a shit burger for the books. And here's why. It's debatable whether or not a trader should have or could have or would have taken the trade after eating some time off the clock above 1523. However, it was in one of those no man's land where you could have taken it and you could have passed on it. It wasn't too close, yet it was close. It goes into the part art, part science. So this is really the art form. I couldn't blame anybody for taking the trade. I took the trade. Then what happened is they came up short of the second number and bounced away, and you see the rest. So it becomes a shit burger. The numbers didn't work today in GNOG. You can see the second number at 1452. It worked, only it just didn't do what it was intended to do in the manner in which we intended. Therefore, it has to be classified as a shit burger. About Viacom. Similar situation, again, making a low here of $80.11, and think about the high following the low, $82.02, almost a $2 bounce away, and the question is, was it too close or was it not too close? And again, I can't blame anybody for taking the trade. I guess if we're erring on the side of caution, and by the way, I got caught in this trade. I took a hit in Viacom today. After they bounced away and they came into the number, they just kept going. They tried to find stability around the second number. They fell away. The rest is history. You see what happened. You know what happened. So here's what I'll say. We're going to have shitburgers. We're not going to be able to win every trade. That's an impossibility. 
we all know that we're in the risk business. Nobody expects to win every trade, but I need to put something in perspective. The trades over a long, and I mean a long period of time, average win rate, painting by the numbers, 83%. It never deviates more than a point, point and a half away from that in either direction. But now think about this for a second. What does that mean? And by the way, side note, this is why we use stops. Nobody should have been riding this all the way down. We have a stop, the market, or Viacom in this case, went down right before the hourly close, or right after the hourly close, I should say. So that's where we kind of got caught in a little bit of a draft word in the southern direction. Again, it falls into the camp of shit happens. So the point I was making before is, let's just say there is a win rate of 83%. The flip side of that, again, being the umpire, is that there's 17% of all trades lose. We go weeks without a losing trade, and then all of a sudden you have two, three losers in a couple of three days. It happens. It's the law of averages. That's the way it works. Trading and the law of averages. Nobody wants to take a loss, but I assure you, if you don't abide by the stops, you end up trading on hopium, you end up turning a trade into an investment that's held overnight. We don't want that. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Down another four bucks today, you see what's going on. This is what they call, in technical terms, a rollover. You can call it anything you want. You can call it a double top, right? Even though they made a new top, they call it a double top. You can call it a failure of a breakout. You can call it anything you want. Right now, they finished on the lows. They're headed down to challenge this pivot here from the 5th of March. The low is 207.21. They give up that low, and they're going to come fill the gap. Not all at once, not in the same day. They're going to head down to spike through $200. Is that area down here somewhere in here? Maybe it's this one here. Is this general zone a breakout area? Is this where the market yet again broke out and traveled up to new highs once again? Yeah, it is. That's why it's more likely than not they will find at minimum of temporary support in and around that zone. You have a gap, a breakout area. You have a 100 period moving average above 200. You have a big fat round number of 200. That area down there, and let's just get the number of the gap. The closing price is 196.49. So let's just say 19650, 196, 197, 198, even all the way up to 200. Somewhere in that neighborhood is garden variety chart support and a full stack. What about the folks down at the transportation department? They had some rally going on earlier in the day. They failed. 14,150 is important. Getting above, closing hourly, and daily above will generally promote higher prices, staying below, and they're going to eventually have to come down and challenge the 20-period moving average. If the market's going to go on a sell and everything's going to get thrown out with the bathwater, again, remember we're talking about 13,550, give or take, would be a near-term, near-price target for the transports. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? So pay attention to this one. This is interesting. Again, this chart remains different than most of the rest. So first of all, we had a gap. And the gap was at 313.14. 
So they closed below the gap. That's another negative sign. This was making lower highs to begin with. Before we talked about higher lows, this chart, lower highs. Totally different scenario. That's a bearish setup. The Qs made a high. They make a lower high. And now they're beginning to fail again. Start getting below 307. And this pivot here, again from the 5th of March, is in jeopardy. That low is 297.45. They break that low. Look out below. Not sure they stop at the 200 period moving average other than for a cup of coffee. The financials, they still haven't rolled over. Staying below the 20 period moving average and eating time off the clock, what are they going to do? They're going to fall down to the 50 period moving average. Remember the weekly chart of the financials. This is really the Mendoza line. If they drop below the breakout area, it will be a failed breakout and look out below. If they come down and simply run a test and stay above the breakout area, then it will just be a test. We won't know until they get there, but that's what we're watching for. Smash Mouth looks very similar to the Qs, only worse. So you have this down move, you have the wedge going on, so we'll do it this way. So you have a wedge going on. We talked about this last night, I believe. Now, they're basically, and this wasn't programmed, it just kind of happened that way, they're basically at the bottom portion of this channel. So what's going to happen if they break through this channel? First, they test the low, and then if they break the low, again, it's the same lookout below. If all that's happening on the daily chart, they're giving up the 20-week moving average, and that's another reason why it's a lookout below. We said it a long time ago, these type of topping processes is exactly that. It's a process. Not every sector, not every stock, not every market goes down or turns at the same time or even on the same week. It's a process, sector rotation. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.